Hey, uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's good to see you guys here. And you know, it's only been two weeks of this series already, but I'm loving it. I don't know about you guys, but I, I see relationship series and church, and I'm just kind of like, ah, oh, this again. But there's something different about this one. Like these videos already are just impacting me so much, and, and I'm excited about it. I hope you are too. Uh, my name's Andy Adet. I'm on staff here, and I'm also uh, a seminary student over at Concordia, uh, finishing up my sort of uh, pastor-to-be training. I'm almost there. Um, that's going to become important in quite a bit, so just hang on that detail for a second. Uh, because you see, in my time in training, I've learned that there are five very important Sundays in, in a church throughout the year, or very important worship gatherings, where you want your best and brightest and most experienced preacher to be ready to go. Uh, because this is going to engage the community. There's going to be a lot of people there, and everybody's going to be excited and ready for a message that's going to change their lives. And those Sundays or those worship gatherings are Easter, kind of, of course, that's, that's kind of what we're all about. And Christmas Eve, those two kind of go hand in hand. If you go to no other worship service throughout the year, you go to Christmas Eve and Easter, right? Uh, the third might uh, uh, surprise you a little bit. That's Mother's Day. Uh, of course, mom gets that one Sunday a year where the family finally has to go to church with her, and so worship attendance is a little bit higher. Uh, the fourth one, again, might surprise you, maybe not. Um, it's the Sunday after everyone comes back uh, for New Year's uh, because we've made all of these great resolutions. We're going to diet, we're going to exercise, and for some of us, we're going to start going to church. And so for the first at least three Sundays in January, you see high church attendance until everybody quits their diet, stops going to the gym, and then stops going to church too. And then number five, and this depends on what kind of church you go to, um, it's either your fall kickoff or your Bible presentation Sunday. A lot of churches do those in the fall, and especially at a church like this one where you're giving out Bibles to absolutely anybody and everybody out in the community. And so you're here on a top five uh, worship event of the year, and you've got Seminarian Andy up here. <laughs> Did something fall through the cracks? What am I doing here? But, but you know what? Uh, this is why I'm here. It's these uh, intentional relationships, uh, this series that's been uh, on my heart and on my mind. And if there's one thing that I'm passionate about, one thing that's challenged me, one thing that I, I've yearned for— it's the kind of knowledge and the kind of relationship uh, that you kind of see in these videos. Uh, I've gone through times where there's been someone in my life who has impacted my faith in, in great ways. And then I've gone through those dry spells where you feel like there's just no one there and you're empty and you're kind of longing. And so I've been so excited. I've been waiting. I've been fighting for a series like this. And I think uh, they finally just said, okay, Andy, go do your thing. And so I finally got it. And I'm excited because relationships hold so much power and so much potential for our faith uh, that we would never imagine until we're finally in a relationship where we get to experience that. And so because of that power and that potential, uh, would you please pray with me? And we'll just ask God's blessing upon this message. Father God, uh, there's so many people here from so many different uh, backgrounds and relationships. Uh, some come from some not-so-good ones, uh, some from some just downright hurtful ones. Uh, others of us uh, have experienced kind of some shallow relationships, and some really have delighted in some amazing ones. And, and so with so many of us from so many different places, I pray your Spirit upon us, uh, upon these words today, that you would help us to hear uh, exactly what we need to know uh, and uh, help us to do exactly what we need to do. 
uh, we thank you for Jesus uh, for ultimately showing us a great relationship through him. It's in your name we pray, Lord. Amen. So last week, uh, uh, Pastor Steve Howard, our lead pastor here, kind of kicked off this series with, uh, to me, a very challenging vision, and that was to stop holding back. Uh, he talked about how, how we let the busyness of our lives, the, the unimportant but urgent details, uh, kind of get in the way, and we get so wrapped up, so caught up in things, uh, that we're not willing and not able to actually spend the time that's necessary uh, to pour into someone and to allow someone else uh, to pour into us. And so I don't know if you kind of have heard that, or maybe you've gone through some times in your life where you're like, you know what, I am going to stop holding back. I'm, I'm going to allow myself the time and the space and the freedom to open myself up to a relationship. And, and if you've done that, I think you might be a little bit overwhelmed at exactly what potential and possibilities are out there. Because if you really do stop holding back, uh, what you find out is... Everybody is a relationship possibility. Now, this has been on my heart a lot lately as I've learned about things like uh, intentional consumerism. I don't know if you've ever heard about this, but there's this idea out there that if you go to the same store the same day a week at the same time and look for the same customers and employees, you're going to find that we are creatures of habit and we like to do the same things regularly. And so you can meet the same people and have great opportunities to develop some amazing relationships with your barista and your hairdresser and at the grocery store. And at the pharmacy and wherever you go, there's a relationship there if we would just be intentional about it. And then you've got our family and our friends, the people that we would expect to be in a relationship with. But then you've got coworkers and managers and bosses and employees and direct reports. And if you're a student, you've got classmates, your teacher. If you're a teacher, you've got students. And then we've got our acquaintances and our 657 Facebook friends. And we're supposed to be connected to all of these. And do you feel a little bit overwhelmed? I do. The fact is, is that we spread ourselves so thin in relationships sometimes that we find out that we're a mile wide and an inch deep. And in our efforts to be someone to everybody, we've been no one to anybody. The fact is, is the answer to zero relationships isn't a lot of relationships, and the, the trick is, is we fool ourselves into thinking sometimes that we actually do have meaningful connections with people. Like how often ha- have you gotten together with a friend or with someone else and you, you say to them, well, we should totally get together sometime. And the other person is like, yeah, that would be great. We should totally do that. And then you both just end the conversation right there. And there's no next steps. There's no moving forward. But you both just walk away feeling satisfied because you fooled yourself into thinking you've actually meaningfully connected with someone. This is what we do in our lives, and this is why I'm so excited about this series and about our text today, because we're digging into the book of Luke, and we're digging into Jesus' life, and we're seeing just how he interacts with people, and the variety of spaces that Jesus has in his life, and who belongs where, and how they belong in these unique spots. So if you have a Bible, or your smartphone that you like to dig into, we're going to be in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 10. Verses 1 to 11, you can do that on your smartphone. Uh, A lot of you know that we just put it right up on the TV, uh, and so that's going to be fine. But if you are one of those people who who reads out of Scripture or reads uh, in your smartphone, you're going to see a heading to this text, and it's going to seem kind of weird. It's called, Jesus Sends the 72. 
and here you are thinking we're talking about kind of intentional focused relationships on a few people and this inexperienced preacher is up here talking about Jesus interacting with 72 people. Like what is he talking about right now? Uh, But the key to this text is sometimes it's really helpful to zoom out for a second and look at the life of Jesus and how he interacted with people and what he did to get a picture of relationships. You see, Jesus had to kind of struggle with this too. Jesus struggled with relationships and who goes where and how they fit in. And just look at verse 1 just for a second, and then we're going to zoom out for a ways. It says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and every place where he was about to go. 72 people. How is that even close to focusing? Uh, But when we zoom out of Scripture for a little bit, and and we just look at the life of Jesus and how he interacted, uh, you're going to find that Jesus starts to organize people in his life into some very specific and intentional ways. And they're called spaces. Uh, Jesus has four different types of spaces that the people in his life fit into. Uh, The first is the public space. Uh, The public space is is very anonymous, and you see Jesus interact with the public in two different ways. Uh, He preaches to the crowds anonymously. He doesn't know their names. He doesn't know their story. He doesn't even know their faces. These are just anonymous people who, who he's preaching some wisdom to right here. That's the first way he interacts with them. The second way is he's trying to get away from them. Uh, How many times in Scripture do we read about Jesus fleeing the crowds, going up on a mountainside, getting in a boat, and trying to escape? It's because he recognizes that in the public space uh, with anonymous people, you can't go deep. You can't have an intimate, meaningful relationship. And this for us is why uh, when you go to the airport and you sit down in your terminal and you get a nice, empty, wide-open terminal and you have your seat and you get really happy and comfortable and then all of a sudden one person comes and they decide that of all of the possible seats, they're going to sit down right next to you. You get uncomfortable because this is an anonymous person who you don't know in a space that wasn't meant for them to be in. It's a public space, and they're invading something that's a little bit too far in. Uh, we don't like that. Uh, the next space uh, that Jesus has is, is called the social space. This is a little bit further in, and this in our scriptures where the 72 fit in. You see, the 72, that's still a lot of people to manage. This might not be our 672 Facebook friends, but hey, this is still a lot of people. And how you see Jesus interact with these 72 is very specific. He he might know their names. He might know their faces. He might even know a little tidbit about them. Uh, But besides that, uh, he just trains them and sends them out. And sends them away. Uh, For us, the social space, it's kind of like what we're doing right here in, in church. You know, especially if you're a person who likes to go to the same service every week, you you begin to know some faces, you know some names during the meet and greet. Uh, But besides that, we don't know too much about most other people. And it's actually pretty uh, interesting if you're sitting here from my perspective and you watch uh, the sanctuary start to fill in a little bit. Like you'll see groups of people come and they'll pick the end of the row. And then there will be another group who will come in and they'll pick that end of the row. And it will kind of fill up like that. And then some more people will come in. They'll see there's no end spots left. So they have to kind of fit into the middle. And then you've got these pockets of people sitting all around. And you can even kind of see right now there's a pocket and some space and a pocket and some space. We just don't 
like uh, the intimate, the personal space taken up uh, by people who we don't know. And these two spaces are the ones that are most familiar to us. Uh, the ones that we're most comfortable and easily accessible in. And the other two don't work so well for us, especially for us uh, individual suburban Americans. Uh, the next space is the personal space. And for Jesus, uh, this is reserved for the 12 disciples, uh, the people he's doing life with. Uh, where Jesus goes, they go. Uh, what Jesus does, they do. They share meals together. They share experiences together. Everything they do, they do together. And this is kind of uh, where it gets weird for us because we don't really have this as much. Like, yeah, we have our family over here, and we do uh, some things with them. And then we have kind of our coworkers and our work life over here. We've got some friends. And so we really compartmentalize our lives, and there's nobody who really does all of life together with us. But we have just these different pockets of people who we interact with in different times and in different ways. Because it's safer that way. And so we kind of turn our personal into uh, some spaces that's maybe more social or, or public. And it just gets worse from there because the final space Jesus has is the intimate space uh, where even beyond the 12 disciples, you see three very specific people with Jesus all the time. It's Peter, James, and John. And we know a lot about them. We know a lot about them from Scripture because they were the closest people to Jesus uh, when Jesus was out uh, on the mountaintop being revealed as God in this powerful, sacred, holy moment, he chose three people to come and experience this with him. Peter, James, and John. And it wasn't just the high points of life either. When Jesus uh, was awaiting his crucifixion, he's about to be crucified. He's going to die for the sins of the entire world. Everybody who's ever lived, all of that's going to get poured out on him. And he's so stressed out and anxious because he knows what's coming. He picks three people to come and pray with him while he is sweating blood. Peter, James, and John. They did life with him. Everything. They were there. The high points, the low points. That's an intentional, focused relationship. And I think for us that we've all but lost this in our lives. Uh, the closest thing I can really think of is kind of that marriage relationship. Uh, but even then, uh, it doesn't just have to be the romantic thing to be considered intimate. Uh, like, just to give you a, a clear example, there's this story of Jesus and John, one of the people from the intimate space. Uh, they're sharing a meal together, and in the midst of this meal, John reclines against Jesus' chest and is just kind of laying there. So, so dudes, uh, you're going to go home, maybe watch some football, hang out with the guys, whatever you're going to do. Uh, imagine uh, while you're eating your hot wings, your buddy kind of sits up on your lap and just kind of rests his head on your chest. How's that going to go over? Awkward at best. Maybe some uncomfortable jokes to kind of cut the tension. But we just have lost this. We've lost the ability to have intimacy, to have closeness with a couple people because we've turned this inside out in our lives. We've turned this inside out through kind of social media and with the variety of friends that we try and spread ourselves so thin. We have those TMI Facebook statuses where we let everybody know all the details of what's going on in our lives. And so we have no support, no intimacy, and no closeness. 
And Jesus, as God walking on earth, uh, figured this out. And as we look at scripture, uh, we get a good idea of how he did relationships. And when we read, uh, we can read with another lens to kind of help us figure this out. Because it doesn't come easily, obviously. Uh, We struggle with this. And so as we return to our text, I just want you to have that in your mind. Uh, These different spaces and these different spheres, especially as Jesus interacts with 72 people. Verse 1 says, After the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go, he told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers out into the harvest field. And this just doesn't make sense to me at first, because you'd think if the mission is as urgent as Jesus says it is, if the gospel is as powerful as life-saving, why would he be cutting this number in 50% already by sending them out two by two? Uh, What's the deal? I don't get that. And this is where we return to those concentric circles, those different spaces, because Jesus recognizes that there's something going on here that's more than productivity and spreading ourselves as thin as possible uh, to focus on as many as possible. Right? There's beauty in focusing on a few. And here's where it gets real. Verse 3, he says, Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. When you think about your life and you think about all of the people who, who you have relationships with, and especially when you think of that in kind of the spiritual context and the relationship that the people in your life have with Jesus, if we really believe what we say we believe, uh, the people in our lives who don't have Jesus, there's not that great of news ahead for them. And so our hairdresser, our barista, our 672 Facebook friends, they all really need to hear about Jesus, and we really need to spread ourselves out. Uh, But if we go solo, we're setting ourselves up for disaster. Because the truth is, and this is true for you whether you're a Christian or not, is if you are a giving, a forgiving, loving, serving type of person, you are ripe to be taken advantage of. And Jesus knows this. And so by sending them out two by two, he's saying, don't do life alone. You're going to get ripped up, you're going to get torn apart, and it's not going to be good. If you're walking through life right now, solo, just stop. It's not going to get you anywhere good. It's not going to end up in anywhere great. You're at best missing out at something awesome. And at worst, you're about to get torn apart by people who are coming after you. Because people love to take and take and take. There's not a lot of givers out there. And so Jesus sends people out two by two for support, for love, for help, for encouragement. To have the type of relationship that's willing to call on someone for help instead of just paying someone to do it for us. And the urgency mixed with the importance of relationships uh, continues here in verse 4. Jesus says uh, to these people who he's sending out two by two, don't take a purse or a bag or sandals. Don't greet anyone on the road. Uh, When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. 
If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. So this urgency of the mission is so important. Go. Uh, Don't stop and greet anyone on the road. Don't waste your time focusing on everybody because I've got some specific people for you to go to. Uh, Stops right here. Go. Stay with someone. Any of you guys who, who have ever lived with someone or have had someone live with you, you can probably guess why Jesus says this. Because you get to know someone on a whole nother level when you live with them, don't you? You start to learn uh, things like bathroom habits. You start to learn personality quirks, ways to push people's buttons. They learn ways to push your buttons. Uh, Conflict happens, but you work through the conflict and you grow through the conflict. Staying with someone opens your minds and your hearts up in, in ways to someone else that they would have never been opened up before. And Jesus says, don't move around from house to house, but stay there. Growing, loving, having conflict and working through it, and enjoying the type of intentional focused relationship that's going to impact your faith and your spirituality in ways that you never, ever thought possible. But, and there's a but here, the final verse gets at this. Uh, when you enter a town and you're welcomed, uh, eat what is offered to you, heal the sick who are there, and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and you are not welcomed, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet. That's very relational. We'll get to that as a warning to you. Next. Uh, yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near to you. You see, as wonderful and charming and friendly as I'm sure we all are together, um, there's an unfortunate reality uh, that the people that we want to focus on, the people that we select, might not select us back. And the problem is, is we think we're supposed to be just loving, gracious Christian people who continue to give and give and give. And you guys have seen this before, maybe in your own life or with someone who's just constantly giving and the only thing they get back is hurt. It's called a toxic relationship. And when you get nothing back, but what Jesus is saying in this text when he says, wipe the dust off your feet, is it's okay for us in intentional focused relationships to ask the question, what's in it for me? It almost sounds like uh, counter our, our teaching. It sounds counter-Christian. Like we're not supposed to ask that question. It's just all about what I can do for someone else. Uh, but no, in an intentional relationship, uh, yeah, we give but it's okay to expect something back from the person that we're giving to. And if that's not happening, if it's just toxic, it's okay to kind of wipe your hands of that person. It doesn't mean you stop kind of loving and serving them as you would anybody else. But they don't always deserve to be in the personal and the intimate spaces just because. Jesus teaches us to guard those spaces and to protect those spaces because he impacts our faith in some very specific ways through these spaces. This is the crazy thing about God and about Christianity that sets it apart from every other religious system. 
Like we have this all-powerful, all-present God who, who is over everything. And if you just stop there, he does seem really distant. Uh, but this God also came near to us. And knows us intimately because he knows how it feels to walk in our shoes. He knows how it feels to stub his toe. He knows how it feels to be betrayed. He knows how it feels uh, to love, uh, to pour himself out onto people. And to have the deep kind of friendships uh, like he had with Peter and James and John. And God works in the same way in our lives too. And I just love this Sunday because of how great a picture we just got of this God. We have all of these kids who have all of these great shiny new Bibles. And at face value, it's just a book with words. But these words point to something. They point to someone Someone who came to have a relationship with us uh, uniquely and intimately and closely, who didn't stay distant but came near to us. And and it's amazing how how as you parents read this text to your kids, uh, and for all of us as we read this text together, we can all read the same thing and get something different out of it. Because God interacts with us through it. It's a living and active and breathing kind of text and it's so unique and different. And it sets everything apart. This is how God acts and how God shows us his nearness to us is through his word. And for you guys, I'm sure you've got someone on your name, or someone's name on your head, your heart right now. You don't need me to tell you who to go after, who to go for, who to focus on, who to select. But I know there's also some of us who are just like, I just need a takeaway. Just tell me uh, three points and I'm good. So I'm going to do that. You're welcome. Um, the first one uh, is Affinity. Who do you already have something in common with? Uh, Who who do you just love talking uh, about fantasy football with? And then the next thing you know, you're talking about your families. And then the next thing you know, uh, you're talking about some deep, kind of personal, even maybe spiritual things that is just natural and logical to have a relationship with this person. Affinity, uh, stuff in common. Uh, The second one is attentiveness. Uh, When you have a name on your head and your heart, Maybe that's being put there for a reason. Or when you keep crossing paths with the same person or the same couple of people, maybe that's God doing something there. And the third one, I wish it started with an A, but I'm not that clever. So it's uh, potential. Um, Who's already there in your life? that you have a relationship with, uh, that it would make sense to go deeper. Like, why spend the energy and the time looking around through through the 657 Facebook friends to just try and start something when we've got so many people around us already? Being someone is probably the most difficult part of our life journey uh, that we'll ever have to do. Uh, But the amazing thing is how God works faith through this in ways that we wouldn't understand. Like we get like God works faith through going to church or reading the Bible or praying or all these like lofty spiritual things. Uh, but the amazing thing through seeing these stories like, like Pastor Howard shared last week or Dion this morning of being someone, that video up there, 
was our faith gets changed and transformed when people pour into us and we have the opportunity to pour into others. Uh, So my prayer uh, for us is that we take those next steps, those difficult, dangerous next steps of pouring ourselves out into someone, just picking one or two other people and and seeing what God can do with it. Uh, Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you uh, for the difficult and struggle uh, that's there in relationships. And that seems weird to thank you for, even off the top of my head right now. Uh, But it's in that pain and in that struggle that you grow us and work in us in some amazing and incredible ways. And if we were just to sit here, uh, Lord, after service and share stories of how people have impacted our lives, I'm sure um, you would bring forward this teaching even better. And I pray, God, that you would help us to stop holding back, but to then focus our energy, our time, our faith on just a couple people. Reveal to us this week someone who we can be pouring into, someone who we can be loving someone who's going to love us back. And God, we thank you for how you have uh, modeled and given us an ultimate uh, be someone type relationship through Jesus. That we don't have to fear relationships. We don't have to fear you. That you're mad or angry because of how you've just gone after us and loved us. And I pray that that type of relationship will inspire us this week. That's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Uh, Amen.